All right. Welcome to episode 38 of an Axe Throwing Podcast. I am your host, Bill Feinberg. Today's date is Saturday, September 16th. So hopefully I can get this, uh, 2023. Hopefully I can get this out pretty quick. And today's guest is uh, Brandon Showtime McCluster. Brandon, thanks for being here. Oh, uh, I think are we have an audio problems. So it's just working. Mic check. You able to hear me? Oh, there we go. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> uh, Thanks for being here. I could I couldn't hear the first the first time. So, sorry. Yeah. Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, of course, man. Um, I think that you and I may have like briefly met at a couple tournaments before, but I don't think we've ever actually got to have like a conversation. So this is cool. Uh, cool chance for me to get to know you and for the rest of the community to get to know you. So, I think like maybe first time I maybe like n- good match was I think I watching watching you and Fancy at IETC twenty two in Pickering. So okay, I think yeah. y'all were going to like big X clutches. Yeah, he got me on those big ass clutches. <laughs> uh, that year, I definitely couldn't figure them out, but uh, I've been putting some work. Every time, every time I I go through a match where I lose, where I feel like I shouldn't have lost, or no no offense to Fancy because he's a phenomenal thrower, but like I didn't come prepared and and ready to throw my best game, especially with the clutches. Um, I always go back to the drawing board and try to rework my throw and figure things out. <laughs> For sure, yeah. Use the use the pain of the loss to like, all right. Well, I know what I got to practice. Yeah, exactly. Cool. And then I, I think I also um, maybe like got to watch you throw a little bit at Throw Ohio last year, if I if I'm not mistaken. But I don't know, it was over a year ago. So yeah, yeah. Um, no, I still have those videos you sent me from from that from that. That was actually my first time doing Throw Ohio, uh, trying to mix in more waddle stuff. Um, because I think it's a great discipline to have. It actually, I feel like it helps me keep my elbow in a lot more on my throw, for especially for ITF. Because you know, sometimes the throw gets a little wonky, gets away from you. So it's it's keeping me a little bit more disciplined on that in that area. Yeah, I was uh, I was, uh, I think being on a weekend, I had a little bit more time to prepare than I think I normally do for a, a weekday podcast call. And so I did a little bit of I tried to do my homework to be ready, and uh, I went and found your uh, your your profile for Waddle. Uh, hmm. and it looks like you had like two seasons in there and it was like two marathons. You're throwing like 55 average of waddle. It's like, I think I just had a 50, like, but this is my third year throwing waddle. I just had my first 55. It's like your first one. So, <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't know. I, I love it. Like I, when I, when I'm preparing myself for throwing, um, I treat it like, I treat it like basketball, like the sport that I, I did before this. Right. I, um, I go and I practice. I'll actually before tournaments, even if I wasn't practicing for weeks at a time, I will literally maybe a week or so before go in every day and I'll go hours at a time focusing on either it's my hatchet or my big X. Um, like I love doing my big X. Well, I'll do a hatchet for like an hour and a half, right? Sometimes it feels off. So I like the longer I do it, sometimes for me, something clicks and then I'll have to hyper focus on that that motion right same thing goes for my big x um for that hour and a half maybe two hours that made me i need a little bit longer with that i'll sit there and throw until something feels right and then i'll try to key in on that feeling and try to like repeat it every time do you um uh like i actually had like a whole section about practice in general we jump straight into it because i like uh how do you like because i'll do the same thing like uh I'll, i'll throw until basically like they they're like we're closing like it's time to go home uh yeah 
how do you know like when you're done practicing? Like, do you like have like a milestone? You're like, all right, I need to throw back to backs, or I need to like, you know, I, I need to throw a hundred in a row, or just, like. Oh, that's a great question, actually. Um, before, so I used to work at Lumberjacks's um, here in Pittsburgh, uh, and the, the managers were real cool with me. Actually, I would stay later after work with clothes as long as I just locked up everything. So I would stay for like an hour or two just doing that with then throwing throughout my shift. But I would stay hour or two after that just working on my throw, um, especially when I first started out um, before I started like really getting into tournaments and things like that. Um, before premierals standard, I was like, listen, I got to be throwing perfect rounds every time. Right. And you get to big X after every round, go to big X. And once I bowl in, um, I got to be hitting five to six clutches in a row that was my that was my mentality for for standard because a lot of people can hit three in a row right it's about can you hit that fourth or that fifth one when someone really good is challenging you so that was my main focus um especially when i first started so so you'd like practice till you hit like what five big axe clutches in a row like mm. basically get that like walk off yeah, because if I if I don't do that, then I'm not I don't feel good about it because like, all right, well, this is not worth repeating um, for premiere. It's a little bit different. Um, I give myself two, two to three, because not a lot of people are hitting two premiere clutches in a row. So two to three is pretty good for me. Um, and just my focus with premiere is is making sure that I. uh I'm just repeating the same movement every time. More so, you have more leeway with standard, right? You can go left, right, up, and down a little bit more. So with Premier, you have to be a lot more pinpoint with with your movements. Um, I try to minimize as much movement as possible. Um, and then, I don't know, go from there. We have a, we have a game that we love to play in Pittsburgh um, that helped me out a, a lot with my clutches. Uh, it's called Sevens. Or seven sevens. So, obviously, we call it that because from uh, the clutches were seven points, but you have to hit seven of them. It's not in a row, but say you have a group of us, four or five of us, and we're all going. Um, say I hit my seventh clutch. Everyone else who's like say they're at four, five, and three. Everyone else has one opportunity to hit a redemption throw. Okay. You hit that, you hit that redemption throw. Everybody, including myself, we all go back down to one. And you keep doing that until someone hits seven and no one hits the redemption throw. That person then wins. So it was like great practice to like key in on, keep hitting that seventh clutch um, or battling back, right? You have to find somewhere deep. Oh. Uh, audio cut out for a second. Uh, mic check. Good. Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. Uh, so, yeah, so like, uh, so if, You'd, you'd reset to one and then that practice of like, all right, I need to hit this to win, but then also they need to miss. Everybody needs to miss to win. Mm-hmm. So everyone needs to miss to win. If that if one person hits it, everyone else is fine. We all go back down to one and then we keep going. So if I'm at six and I keep hitting that seventh clutch, um, I go until someone, until everyone misses. Um, so it's a, it's a great game that we all excuse me, that we introduced to everyone in Pittsburgh if they want to really work on their clutches and get better at it because it adds what's pressure. The, what's the like the most people that you've had play that game at once? Because that seems like it could take forever the more people you add. <laughs> this, honestly, it can take forever with two people if you got two really good people who are really good at clutches. Um, uh, just a, a shot, quick shout out, Austin. Um, 
AKA daddy. I never call him that. So, <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, we go back at it all the time. And, um, rather he's up three on me, six, three, like, and he hits his seventh one. I, we just keep hitting until, you know, that game can take 10 minutes. It can take five minutes. It just, just depends on the throwers on um, the most I've, we, I've played against, um, in that game is probably about six or seven people. Yeah, it's a fun game. <laughs> and I, I assume it, it just takes one Austin or one Dave or one big time, like uh, just one of them. And you're like, oh, well, this, we're going to be here for two hours. Yeah, even even HBO, Adeline, like she has her good days, right? And she's hitting when she's hitting her clutches, she's unstoppable, too. So it's like everyone that we throw against, like we all do this stuff. Even we even apply this not just to the hatchet, like to Big X as well. So that way we get into certain pressure situations in tournament play. We're ready to go. You know what I mean? Gotcha. What like, do you ever have like a game of that going and then like somebody else shows up late and then you're like, all right, well, uh, okay. Now it just got harder. I'm usually the one that shows up late sometimes (laughs) (laughs) when everyone's playing. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna just jump in here and see if I can catch up. Um, But that's the fun part, you know, because again, it's just, it's just constant pressure, you know? Um, So yeah, yeah, that happened a lot too. It's fun. When uh, when you practice, like like if you practice it by yourself, like if you're not playing sevens, uh, do you have like will you like schedule a set amount of time, or is it like I'm a practice till I feel good, like till I'm till I'm done? So it's like if it takes an hour today, it takes an hour, or it's like or like because uh, my wife asked me, she's like, oh, how long are you gonna practice for? Like, uh, <laughs> it depends. <laughs> so I always give myself a time, but it ended up it ends up just be being going until it feels good. Gotcha. Um, unless I have something that I have to do later in the day, it just goes until I feel good about it. Because um, sometimes it's very hard to kick me out of the venue, even <laughs> if I don't work there. <laughs> now, you you mentioned basketball. And so you said you previous basketball player. Um, mm-hmm. I guess, like, how long did you play basketball for? And how much of what you learned in basketball did you apply to axe throwing? Um, I played all my life, honestly. I retired from basketball in 2018. Um, I was playing my last year uh, with the Jamestown Jackals in Jamestown, New York. Um, had our had our best season. I had my best season. Um, and I was like, you know what? I had my fun with it. It was a great experience. Um, I'm ready for something new. Um, come back home and, actually, and start working. Uh, and right before I moved back, I was searching jobs. I was actually searching coaching jobs because I wanted to coach basketball. But I stumbled upon uh, Lumberjacks on Indeed. And they called me right away. As soon as I got home, had my interview that lasted like maybe five minutes, not even. It was the fastest interview I've ever had. Um, And I just, I don't know. It just took off from there. I didn't really have no desire to like compete. Um, But I enjoyed it. I wanted to learn more about it. And, uh, Tim, Tim Stivers, uh, big, big time. He told me about the Canadian pinch grip, right? That pinch grip throw. Um, before I used to throw, I was just like throw like standard, standard X star, right. That we teach everybody. And I would throw like thirties, forties, right. Um, before I joined my first league, once Tim showed me that, um, I didn't join my first league till I threw my first practice 81 so when uh and ironically when I, re- I joined my first league that's the first league i joined is when they the owners of the venue actually allowed um workers 
throw and compete. Um, so another three I keep bringing up big time is we threw our first 81 together, standard play. That's like, awesome. I, yeah. Same time. It was like, it was amazing. He got me in big acts before I, I got better with that. Um, but it's a, it's a, it's a great story to tell because I like, I took, took that and I ran off with it. I threw eight eighty ones in my very first season and had a 75 average. I was like, I don't think a lot of people are doing that. Um, and it was addicting to me. Um, just how good I was getting. Cause I just like with basketball, I literally, I would practice hours on end, just like in anything that you want to do. Like you're really good at you practice, you put the time in and the effort, um, to get good at it. And I like to compare action, at least with, as far as form goes with shooting a free throw. You shoot the same, you want to do the same form every time to be consistent. Um, and that's what I try to focus in on like the feeling of it, right? It's all feeling for me. Um, once I know the feeling of where my pullback is, where how far I'm supposed to set back and where I'm supposed to let it go, then I can take that and ride with that. So like the, the repetitions to build the muscle memory. Um, uh, I think like the free throw, I, I never played basketball. I like I'd try and play if I went to like the rec center, but, uh, I was never good, and uh, it, was a, it was a lot of running. I underestimated how much running was in basketball. Um, yeah. But one like, of the things, uh, like, was it, how did you like kind of going, because, like, there's a lot of different things to practice in basketball, right? You know, like, mm-hmm. having, like, watched it, and, you know, like, it's like, okay, yeah. Whereas, like, with axe running, like, oh, you can basically just narrow it down to, like, all right, hatchet, big axe, like, two things, right? Or it's, you know, yeah. bull, bull and clutch. So maybe four, right? <laughs> hatchet bull, hatchet clutch. Mm-hmm. Big axe bull, big axe clutch. Um, and not having to worry about like, oh, I don't have to go do cardio as part of my practice. Yeah. So um, let's talk. Okay. So again, with basketball, with the free throw thing is like a warm up for you going out and shooting a three point shot. It's the same form, but you just got to put more arc on it, right? Whenever I throw my from my hatchet to my big X, I like to use the same form. My pullback is the same, same spot, um, but my release is always the same. It's all about for me. It's all about where I where I end on the throw. Where am I pointing at? Because if it's more, because it's more like a dart throw. Wherever my hand goes, that's exactly where the axe goes. And that's why I like to try to teach people or tell people whenever they're first learning uh, the, how to throw. It's literally just like throwing darts. Wherever your hand goes, that's exactly where the axe is going to go. That makes sense. Now, um, I guess like whether like in your time in basketball or in axe throwing, because uh, it sounds like you practice the most. Do you have any like routines to incorporate like high stakes practice? And so you mentioned sevens, but like obviously coordinate, coordinating with like other throwers, like, you know, depending on who's available when. Um, oh. So like will you have like a uh, high stakes practice throws. Um, when I'm getting ready for tournaments. Um, even for a league playoffs, I will, I will go, I'll go in again. Like I said before, um, I'm don't, I'm playing my rounds. If I'm not playing, if I'm playing by myself, I have to throw a perfect round before I go to Big X. If I don't throw a perfect round, I lose that round automatically. Um, um, when I do hit my perfect round and I go to Big X with Premier, like I said, I give myself one or two misses. After that second miss, if I miss a third one. I lost that round. Um, so there's pressure. I, I try to put a limit, like a count on my pressure to, to apply pressure to myself. Um, and then if there's someone available that decides that I want to come practice with me, um, like 
uh, connects Ken, uh, Austin, and and Big Time, even Bobby. Um, like we'll go and we'll just do matches, best of seven, right? Um, and we'll play a bunch of those games just to tweak things, work on things, work on different scenarios. If I'm up two, maybe this time I go for the clutch and try to end it, right? Instead of staying down and forcing that person to go up. We just play with things just to just to get a feel for different things um, to add different pressure. You know what I mean? Yeah, that makes sense. It sounds like a practice like you play. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Well, that's cool. Now, uh, I've kind of jumped around in my normal, my default order here. So uh, I played basketball before axe throwing. Uh, I guess before we kind of go deeper into the axe throwing, uh, what do you do outside of axe throwing? Um, so I'm still doing things with basketball. I am a high school basketball coach, um, varsity coach. And then I also do private lessons with kids from all ages, from elementary school to actually pros. Um, this past summer, I actually got to train two pro- two pros from Germany. Cool. Um, so that was actually a pretty cool thing to do. And I, I'm, I'm hoping to continue to build on, on that over the summer as well. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Cool. Now, um, I think you had mentioned that the way you got started axe throwing was you saw a job on Indeed. And so that's kind of like you weren't like, you know, it's not a birthday party. You're not trying to have fun. You're like, this is a job. Yeah, I was just looking for work, honestly. Um, it came in, I saw and and just like I just fell in love with it. You know, uh, I just it was fun. It was addicting. Just sticking the board when I first started it was addicting. And then um my personality is I'm I'm super competitive. I don't like to lose. Um so I want to be good at everything. Uh so again, I treated it like I was if I'm gonna be good at this, I treated it like it was basketball. Basketball, you have to be very disciplined in your sport, rather it's dribbling, shooting, playing defense. Um, so I took it with that type of mindset and applied it to Axtron. Like, I got to be disciplined in my movements. I got to do the same thing every time. And more importantly, as I'm working on my craft, I got to make it look and feel, more importantly, feel effortless, right? So if it doesn't feel effortless, like if it feels like I'm straining myself to do it, then I don't want to do that. So I got to change something. Um, Or if something's not working, it's amazing how the smallest little detail can change or affect your throw. So you got to be very detail-oriented, too, with what you're doing. So with, with, with your practice, right? Cause it, like one of the things you were talking about is right. You'd practice until, you know, like it feels good or to salt something clicks. Um, would, would your like, would you ever lose it? You're like, all right, cool. Like it was working on Tuesday and then you go practice on Wednesday and you're like, oh, I can't, I like something's different. Like I can't get back what I had on Tuesday. Um, yeah, that happens. I think it happens to everybody, honestly, when, especially when you're trying to tweak the smallest thing. Um, especially with something new, um, that does happen, um, from time to time, but I'm at a point now with my throw, um, especially with ITF, uh, I'm, I'm at a point now where I, uh, I don't practice as much. I know my form. So it's, it's a matter of me just locking in and being focused on hitting my target. Um, I kind of touched on it before when I said, um, I actually, I go through slumps, um, but I touched on it before where my recent waddle tournament i just went to throw ohio i did okay with my hatchet but it kind of readjusted realigned my throw a little bit as far as keeping my elbow in and making sure i'm throwing straight out rather than veering away from my body um so i don't know i 
I do have those slumps every now and then. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, let's see here. So I guess, uh, where, I guess, where, where are you throwing right now? Like which, which leagues, which venues? Um, it depends on the time of the year, actually. Uh, sometimes I'm doing two leagues, uh, one at, uh, my home venue, which is Lumberjacks's, um, in South Hills and, uh, and there's another one called Aces, Aces Axtron, um, um, where we have uh, a lot of great throwers in both venues. So um, I'm getting great competition in both. But uh, right now, I'm just doing one, just a, the Lumberjacks one, because uh, the other one doesn't fit my schedule right now. Gotcha. I, I totally understand. Uh, and now, so are you throwing exclusively ITF or do you ever like pick up Waddle Marathons or just just kind of depends um it, it depends on when the, the the waddle marathon is um we have lost hatches so the last time i believe they did a marathon they did it when we had an itf marathon excuse me getting ready for itc so i was like well i gotta get ready for itc so i'm not gonna do that marathon but uh i want to do more those type of marathons but right now everything has been itf focused Gotcha. I've uh, I've only done one IATF marathon. I think it was like Memorial Day last year, uh, mm. and it took all day. Meanwhile, uh, I've done a handful of Waddle marathons, and I just did the Eurathon, which was bananas. Yeah, I, but I couldn't imagine y'all doing that. That's crazy. Uh, it, it was fun. Uh, I, I, new levels of axe throwing pain in uncharted yeah. territory. Um, so, uh, I guess what uh, what equipment are you using for which disciplines? Um, so I have two plum heads. Um, not exactly. I think one's a plum national, and I can't remember what the other one was for my big axe and for my hatchet. Um. For ITF, my big axe that I have for ITF, I'm also using for waddle. There's no need for me to change. Um, I step, I step and throw, so that doesn't switch from waddle to ITF. For uh, waddle, the the hatchet that I'm throwing um, is the, uh, I think it's a Queen of Diamonds. I I'm not too sure. I think it's the Queen of Diamonds. So does it got the fin on it? Yeah. Okay, so the, I think the, the the king is the one with the fin. Um, yeah, it's like king of diamonds, queen of hearts. I think I don't know. I could be mistaken. I I don't. I, it has the fin on the back. I know that's the one I used in the la the latest tournament that I played in. Um, okay, but I'm still figuring out all my waddle stuff, so I might be continuously switching back and forth with the the hatchets for that. But I settled on the plum stuff, the plum hatchet and big axe because it just I love the way they hit the board. And they just feel nice coming out of my hands. Um, that makes I sense. Stayed away, I stayed away from curved handles and kept everything straight. So my hatchet and my big axe are both straight handles. That's my my goal was for my big axe to feel like my hatchet. And I want to throw it like it's my hatchet. Because I feel like if I throw my big axe like my hatchet, then as accurate as I am with my hatchet, then I could be pretty much unstoppable if I'm hitting that day. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I've uh, I've tried to do the same thing, but uh, I had to. One of the things that I, I ran into that was interesting is like the specs on the big axe for Waddle and ITF 
right? ITF, I think minimum is 25. And I think uh, Waddle minimum is 23. And so I, like recently I was practicing some ITF. And it's like, oh, grab my Waddle big. Oh, too short. Can't do it. <laughs> Cool. Um, now, oh, go ahead. I was gonna say I think that's why I use my 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 ATF at Big X for my waddle. I'm just used to throwing it, you know what I mean. So I don't think it's going to make a real difference for as far as transition goes for me. When you were kind of figuring out your throw, were you were you trying to like adjust your throw to suit the axe that was in your hand, or were you did you spend a lot of time trying to like mod your axe to fit? like the throw that felt natural to you? Well, that's a great question. Um, I feel like I had a specific throw in mind, like style throw that I wanted to do. It was a matter of me figuring out. So I, I, to answer your question, I modded it, right? I, I, I needed a, a certain type of handle. I always did the 25 inch long handle or had a uh, big X. Um, but I had to figure out the thickness, how I want to hold it with my fingers and things like that. So that that to me, when I'm practicing, that's what I'm trying to figure out is where I should place my hand on my ha- on my uh, on my handle, and then how how thick or small should the handle be so that it feels comfortable releasing out of my hands. Now, would you would you do your own modifications, or did did you have somebody like in your league do it for you? I know, like I know Dave did a lot of uh, <laughs> did a lot of stuff in Pittsburgh. No, actually, I, uh, I a lot of my axes that I've gotten um, from it has been from Kevin Bradley. Okay. Um, yeah, he does a lot of great work for me. Um, <laughs> I've been getting a lot of it. I've been actually getting a lot of his axes for the last, I don't know, two, two, three years now. So yeah, it's just been kind of like, hey, I need this this way, that way. Let's fix it. Let's fix this part. Um, just trial and error, really. Gotcha. Yeah. Have you ever thought about trying to get into making or is it just don't got time for that? Um, I thought about it once or twice, but never really um, put the time and effort and energy into it. Yeah. It's uh, one of the things that like I tell myself that once I have more time and space, then maybe I'll get into it. And then I think mm-hmm. about like, when am I going to have more time and space? And the answer to that question is probably never. So, right. Um, cool. I, I guess, uh, Question, um, talking about uh, milestones, right? Because you recently hit your 30th Premier 81. Is that correct? Yes. Yes, sir. Congratulations. That's amazing. I have zero of them. Uh, I think I've, the only chances I've actually had at one, I think, was a Premier Marathon. And then I guess the playoffs or like uh, regionals don't count and IATC doesn't count. But mm. um, that's that's amazing. Uh, like, do you do you still get nervous? Or like, but do you, do you get nervous like for like a league like oh this is my chance at an eighty one or is it like nah just another day at the office? Um, uh, that's funny actually. Um, yeah, from t- time to time I actually really do. Um, there's nothing like having that that feeling like oh I'm I'm already on par for it. I I missed this clutch. I'm I'm hitting a seventy four, but like I want that eighty one. My that night that I actually got that thirtieth. Premier 81. I um uh, my first two matches, I threw two seventy fours and missed the last clutch in both games. And I was like, I I wasn't nervous, but I got a little bit frustrated because like I hate missing. Um, but I was like, the first two clutches felt good. I was like, why did my arm just go away from my body right there? It's like I didn't do that through the last two throws, but um, I stayed locked in, and um, I think I got it. 
to like my second to last match of the night, I ended up hitting it. Um, I do get nervous sometimes, especially in tournament play. Um, going to these big tournaments, I had a lot of people walk up to me like, "Hey, man, how do you how do you uh, stay so calm and cool and collective?" And I'm like, "Dude, my hand is just as shaking as everyone else's. I'm just trying to hide it <laughs> as as good as good as I can, you know." Um, but that's the that's the rush. Like that's the best feeling, right? When you're nervous about this throw, because it could be, I hit this, I hit an 81, or I win this match against someone who's really good that I haven't beaten before, or things like that. So that that feeling is one of my favorite parts of throwing IETF because I feel like you get so many more opportunities for that feeling, right? You're mm-hmm. like, okay, uh, I'm up to going in to throw five. And now in standard, it was, you know, like, well, I mean, I guess at, at your level, you're like, I could still, I'll clutch somebody out in premiere. But uh, I, <laughs> I was never that confident with my premiere clutches, but we're like, okay, cool. I could, I, I like, I'm feeling good. I'm going to, I'm going to go for the win. And I, I well, like, I'll compare it to football when I try and explain it to people that don't do axe throwing is like, you know, in football, like you kick a field goal to try and go for the tie, push it to overtime, or you could go for like a Hail Mary, get the touchdown, you know. Uh, and to me, it's like that feeling of like, all right, cool. Like, you know, play to you play either playing to win or playing to not lose, but mm. it's cool to just like, and that that could just be going into throw five, like that could be to just go to go to big axe, and then in big axe, like all right, you know, okay, they threw first, all right, I need to hit this bowl to stay alive, you know, mm. so it's like that that like those opportunities to perform under pressure. Uh, I feel like in my case, I haven't <laughs> haven't always uh, done as much as like actually. I think I've missed far more of them than I've hit. But the ones that have hit have felt amazing. Yeah. And the more you get into those pressure situations, the more comfortable you'll get with it. Um, my biggest thing when I'm competing is like I'm trying to figure out that balance of taking it very seriously and then like not trying to take it as serious because I feel like you're I'm, when I take it too serious, I'm adding more pressure onto myself rather than just being just going with the flow. I'm usually a go with the flow kind of person. Um um, and this past week for our league, I, I was in a better, I was like I was in a good mood where like nothing really was phasing me. Nothing was like aggravating me, but um, I was just having a good time with it. And I think that's the, that's what's important with this sport. Like it's great to win and it sucks to lose, but you just got to find ways to have fun with it. You know, that's uh, one of the things I've had to learn the hard way. So I would used to like, I'm like, all right, okay, I have, I can't beat that person at league. It's unlikely I'm going to beat him at a tournament. Well, I'm not going to spend money on the tournament. But then it's like, well, I'm not going to get better if I don't try. Uh, right. And that's like, basically, it's like, oh, well, let me go have fun, see how I do. And then through the act of going more and competing more, I've gotten better than I would have if I just stayed home. Right. Um, that's fun. That's, that's great that you said that, too, because I like I, I like to tell a lot of our Pittsburgh throwers who are either just starting or who's usually in that middle of the pack. And like get frustrated because they're like, oh, they're not beating Connexican or Showtime or Daddy um, or Big Time. It's like you guys don't understand the type of players that you guys are going against. That when you guys go out and do all these different tournaments alone, right, you're going to shock yourself. You're like, whoa, did I just win that match? Did I just hit that clutch? You know, like it's it's going to be a greater feeling when you go out and you actually see the progress that you made. It sucks sometimes you can't see it when you're going against really good players, but Really good players lose too, man. We lose yeah. all the time, and then it's just anyone can be anyone on a given any given day, right? Well, it, 
That's that's another thing that I, I love about IETF is that I feel like IETF with the the best, or like you know a league matches best two out of three, uh, or you know best of three five throw per round, and I've seen so many, like I've seen so many more like rookies beat like a reigning league champ because maybe the reigning league champ went for the clutch and missed. And then, you know, the rookie the fir- only had to throw like a three to take the win or something, you know, uh, mm. and just to like watch somebody. And and then, you know, if that happens two times, like, hey, you just won a match on, you know, the reigning league champ or on somebody that went to Worlds or, or what have you, you know, uh, versus I think um, in Waddle, it's kind of like, all right, unless uh, unless there's like almost like a fluke, it's it all kind of seems like in Waddle, like the the more likely thrower typically takes the match at least mm-hmm. at least like in the lead um but like you mentioned earlier i do uh, i do like waddle because i feel like it <clears throat> tightens up my throw um mm-hmm. right because i feel like uh, on standard itf i'd kind of zone out for bullseyes you're just like all right i don't even have to think about these let me know when it's time for yeah. clutches right you only get half the blade in there so it's like i actually love the change that they made from premiere for from standard to premiere because it's like all right well this is kind of like getting boring for me because at the same time it's like I, I i know i can do this and then i want more of a challenge so when he added the green box it's like oh awesome because now i have to practice a lot more than what i used to um i'd be more disciplined now because i can't just spray um i feel like there are some things that they could do to make like make some changes that make it better suited for everybody but at the same time i feel like whatever change happens, everyone's not going to be okay with it. You know what I mean? Like there's always going to be something that someone doesn't like about it. And that's okay. You know, we're all entitled to our opinion. Yeah. You're never going to make everybody happy. Um, Have you got a chance to throw urban rules yet? I haven't got to throw urban rules, but. Uh, No, actually I was, unfortunately I wasn't able to go. I was actually supposed to be in Miami for a bachelor party um, that I did not go to. Um, Just because some certain, certain circumstances happened, but um, I heard about it. And I was like, man, that sounds like a great idea if they actually implemented that into like premier roles in general, because it, it it gives you a little bit more strategy and it kind of almost forces people to have to go for that clutch sometimes, you know, if you really want to win. Oh, um, sorry about that. No, that's all right. It happens. Um, but yeah, like I, I like that they the, the way they did it. Um Hopefully I see that more because I would like to try it. Um, but I love how the game continues to evolve. Like I think I feel like it should, because as it evolves, everyone's going to continue to get better and get more used to those rules. So I think it's good. Agreed. Where um for uh for Premier, were you throwing the same axe for bowl and for clutch? Did you ever experiment? Or uh, I I will guess I'll change. Let's just answer that that one first before I ask any follow-ups. Um, I stay with one. For my big axe and for hatchet, I stay with one. Excuse me. Um, because again, I said it earlier, it's it's a feeling for me, and I don't want to change weighted like change the weight of axes and change the feeling for it. And then when I go back to the other one, it's just going to mess up everything. So I rather just keep everything the same. If I throw a bigger blade, then I just have to be more accurate. Um, and that's okay. Like I practice, I put in the time to try to be more precise with the bigger blade so that I get more coverage with my so I get more coverage with my um clutches, but I just gotta make sure I'm I'm not going up and down or left and right for my bull. So that makes sense. 
Yeah, the um, I think that is one of the things from the urban rules that I think you can't switch axes. So I think you have to pick one. Which mm-hmm. I, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of that rule. I like it. Um, that would have played in my favor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, t- uh, talking about ITC. Oh no, I thought I went to the urban. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, now I think uh, one of the other things, if I recall correctly, about the urban rules is I think a premier clutch. It's worth eight. So I think the best score is now an 84, not an 81. Mm. I don't like that. Yeah, my, my gut reaction is that, but like, it's just because like an 81 is special. And then now you're like, I threw an 81. You're like, yeah, but that's not the best anymore. Right. No, I feel like they should have, within those rules, if, if you're throwing, I think it should still be like, you shouldn't be able to go past 27 in a round. So... If they kept it the same, like you're just making a set of the clutch being a, if you hit outside the, the the square or you just nip it, it should just be worth what three or five points, whatever. They've right? seen like different suggested values, but I I, I agree that I I'm a fan of it being worth something, right? Like just mm-hmm. uh, uh call it the like the right. My dad's just like a simple roofer, and mm-hmm. like I should be able to show him a, a stream, and he's like, oh, he hit it. Wait. Oh no, he didn't break the bottom line. Like I can't tell that from back here. It looks good from where I'm sitting. It yeah. should be worth something. You know, like somebody misses it completely and somebody gets ninety-nine percent of it. Oh, those are mm. the same? Those shouldn't be the same. Or at least right. in, in my dad's caveman brain. No, I I one hundred percent agree with that, but I feel like they shouldn't make the round be more than what it is of twenty seven points. So like if the clutch was worth six instead of seven, if you break the paint, that's fine. You know? So it still doesn't go past 27 when you do all five, uh, all five throws. Yeah. And, and I, it's possible, like I could be mistaken, right? Like I think I skimmed it. Cause I, I haven't got to throw ITF and since the spring at regionals. So it's not something that like I pay the most attention to. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's possible that I like got something wrong also. So, um, and I, I haven't like play tested it, you know? So uh, I don't know what I don't know. I, I will say that, like, after having play tested different formats, that was like, I don't know about this one at first night play. I was like, okay, that's fun. Like, for example, at the Irathon, they used World Blade League rules, uh, which is like kind of the ITF best two out of three, uh, you know, five throws per round, 15 throws per match. Mm. Um, but you never throw at the same target consecutively. But, well, I mean, that's not, we weren't, it's like, you know, one bowl and then all four corners. So it's like too high, too low. Uh, I really, I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. Um, but it was cool to find out like the, the fatigue of like, all right, how good is my muscle memory? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, go ahead. Uh, I was gonna say that's another thing that I do when I practice. I, I practice, I practice until I'm tired. And then I, my real, my real practice is when I'm tired. Like how well can I throw my hatchet or my big ax when my arm is like shit? Now with with your throw, like, do you like really experience much fatigue? Like, or like, at what threshold does fatigue set in for you? I do experience fatigue more so with my big axe than my hatchet. If I'm if I let's say I threw my my big axe an hour straight, and I start to feel fatigue. To me, that's when my real practice kicks in. So maybe I go for like another half hour, because then that's when something clicks. Or I'm just trying to key in on doing the same precise movement every single time that I was doing for that other hour. Um, I think it's really good to to go past that threshold 
So that way, when you're in those those positions where you're you're in the tournament play and those rounds go very long, say we're not hitting our clutches, but we keep going up, right? Someone's going to end up giving out, or that person who practices for a very long time is still going consistently. You know, they just got to align themselves the right way. Now you were talking about how important like feel is to your throw. Um, how does that work for you? When you like at say like an IATC where you have like a day one and day two because uh, I've never made it to a day two of a tournament so like I've never uh, you know it's like oh like I feel good on day one and then I go to sleep and I wake up on day two and I feel like you know like something's different um um I don't know honestly like like I said it, it, it's all about the given day um it's, I think it's whenever you go into practice like day two you go in. You want to make sure um, the way you're throwing feels exactly like the last, like they yesterday. Um, I try not to, especially once I'm done with day one, I try not to go too crazy as far as like getting hammered or um, doing something that will just like mess up my body like entirely and like throw me off. Um, because I want to stay in that that locked-in zone. And sometimes in day two, you don't actually keep that same zone. And that's I think that's what it is. If you're not in that same zone, you lose that slight focus, and then you just drop. You drop a three, or you miss that clutch ever so slightly to the left or to the right. I think it's just a mindset that's staying in that zone. Do, do you have any... Well, I guess... Um, I guess getting to that zone, right? Like, so, you know... Uh, actually, I'm sorry. I'm like stacking questions in my brain right now because uh, I've never made it to day two ITC. Uh, what is the practice like? Like what, what you know, is it just normal practice? Like, hey, lanes open up an hour before matches, you know, just go get in the queue, throw as much as you can fit in that hour. Um, no. So my practice is what did I lack on day one? I made it to day two, but what what did I lack? What was I poor at that I felt I was poor at on day one? So when I go into practice, um, I'm focused on that. So if I wasn't hitting, if I, I wasn't hitting my bulls eyes clean enough, then I'm gonna focus on 45 minutes of bulls, maybe. Okay. okay? Or and then just brush up on my clutches. Or I may felt really good about my bulls, spend 15, 20 minutes on my bulls, and then the rest of the time I'm just going for my clutches because that's what I need to focus on. Especially since day two, you're gonna throw against a lot more competitive players who can compete with you. So you got to be on point with your clutches. So I just pinpoint what I lacked on the day before. So I, I, I guess maybe the follow-up question to that is for the, the day two competitors, cause what's this 32. Mm-hmm. Um, so at battle pickering, I don't think there's 32 targets. So when you say like, oh, I'm going to do 45 minutes of bulls, right? Right. Like you don't have your own lane for 45 minutes the way you would say if, like, you know, if you're just practicing at home, no, you're right. No, you're right. Um, so it's it's every time I get to go in, we all have that count. We may have a we may set a limit. So it's that we just do 15 throws or whatever before we swap out with the next person. Those 15. So maybe I do five throws as bull, and the last 10 are all clutches. So it's just I'm just get, my ratio is more towards whatever I'm lacking in the day before. Okay, that makes sense. Um, now I guess another question of like I guess 
getting into the zone, right? Uh, so like, do you have any kind of like habits or rituals or mantras or, or like even just like a standardized practice of like, all right, the first, you know, first, the first 10 throws, I always do this regardless. Or is it like, just kind of depends on how you feel that day? Um, uh, it depends. Like it's, I put my headphones in and I, whatever comes on, comes on. I listen to a, a, a lot of different things, rather it's R and B, rap music maybe a little bit of country a little bit just a little bit but um it, it just depends on what's on like if i feel like whatever i'm listening to is just getting me a little too amped then i'll switch it up a little bit just to calm me down just a little bit um sometimes and this is a kind of a bad habit um sometimes i may come in a little too relaxed and then when i lose a round or if i lose a match say i was in the a bracket and i lost the match then i get pissed sometimes when i get pissed I really hyper focus in and then I, I hit everything. Um, but I, for me, it can't be always the case where I got to get mad because I lost a round or I lost to someone. Like, I just got to have to come in with that, that mindset. Like, I'm just going to destroy everybody. I'm just focused. I'm ready to go. Um, so yeah. I'm still, I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Uh, I'm still playing with it. Um, with it all. Um, the more, like I said, the more tournaments you do, the better, the more comfortable you get. And I've talked to people who said, hey, man, I, I just don't care. They had that I don't care mindset and they just do better, right? Because they're not putting no added pressure on themselves. I uh, I don't, I, I can only wonder what that's like because I overthink anything and everything all of the time. <laughs> uh, do, do you uh, do you do any like visualization exercises or anything like that? Like, you know, in the days or hours leading up, like, you know, leading up to a competition? No, I think my visual is literally me going in and just going whoever I practice with and we practice our, our do our rounds or matches. And that's that's my, that's my visualization because we're, we're actually working on actual tournament style play so every round we tie we go big x that's my visualization when i go into a tournament the biggest thing that i've been working on lately especially when i was in itcs that kind of that helped me a lot um was working on my breathing for real like what like yeah. what would uh what were you doing there because i feel like uh that's I, something i always forget about so as i throw let's say i did my first throw i hit my bull as i retrieve my axe i'm going up i'm taking like a deep deep breath and exhaling on the way back um and then i'll take another one as i'm setting up my throw like setting up my hatchet and then getting into my my whole routine um but the biggest thing for me was like taking that deep breath um and calming my nerves that way before okay. i actually threw that makes sense does uh so so it's not like you don't have like, you know, five disconnected individual throws. It's like, you know, the like your breathing kind of ties throw throw two into throw one. Yeah. I feel like my breathing as I take that deep breath and I exhale is like that's my reset. It's my reset button. Right. So the last throw doesn't even matter anymore. Right. I reset myself. It's a new throw. Take that deep breath and then I release. Gotcha. Do you um do you find that your breathing is, I guess, uh, just for lack of a better term, like maybe like like sensitive to like for example a science, right? Like for you know somebody that like might be like a, a pace thrower, right? Like for uh, I've I've gone through phases where like I was just the fastest thrower, mainly because the longer I held the X, the more I overthought things, um, uh -huh. and so it'd be like a science would like disrupt my pace. Um, 
would would like a you know somebody a science or like you know like a second would that like disrupt your kind of breathing timing um <laughs> sorry uh no actually so, well i take it back sometimes i would get frustrated with it it's like look we we know what it is like just pull your axe um and then sometimes it's like all right let me just i keep my head down i relax and then once i step up to the line I do the same breathing technique that I was doing right, as, if, as if I was just turning around and we didn't do the science. So I walk up to the line, take my deep breath, reset myself. And the most important thing for me is like, I don't rush my throw. I take my time with Premier. When I did standard, I turned around. I would go retrieve my axe, turn back around and just throw. I didn't have to reset, get my mindset settled or anything like that. I just turned and just threw. Um, because you had that extra spray. You can bleed a little bit. So I didn't have to worry about all the other stuff and being more precise. Um, so I take my time. I'm, I'm a lot slower and methodical with my throw when it comes to Premiere. Okay. That makes sense. Um, going back to uh, music, do you have like a go-to song? You're like, all right, you know, I'll just play whatever comes on. But are there, are there days you're like, all right, for ITC, like I know what I'm playing. <laughs> no, I try to keep it consistent. So it's just well, whatever comes on, comes on. And I just try to vibe with it. You know? Okay. Gotcha. Do, do you have any uh, any favorites that you recommend? Like a Showtime playlist? <laughs> uh, no, not really. My I guess my only advice is just play what play what you know gets you in a a, a mood to to focus better. I don't know. It's, I think it's that's different for everybody. I don't think my my genre of music or whatever song i'm listening to is going to be give you the same feeling that it gives me because it, it could be a song that you've had growing up that got you into this certain mood or certain you know focus that no one else has so that makes sense yeah i definitely have some music that uh i would never recommend to anybody because it's just bad for the sake of bad um but that's just me being a music contrarian um do you have any uh, any like kind of like uh, like athletes that you know you look up to favorite or like you know like that you've kind of like not I mean, like not modeled your game after but like that were kind of like influential to you and in, like kind of getting into the zone? Uh, this person I can use in any format, whether it's basketball or action. It's it's Kobe Bryant. Okay, um, he's like that Mamba mentality, like. Is, is everything like to have that killer instinct when you need it, when you need to, or just to have that killer instinct at all times. Right. Um, my facial expression really doesn't change when I'm throwing or if I'm getting ready to throw in a tournament or anything like that. So um, that's who I look up to as far as from a competitor standpoint. Um, when I first started actually, though, um, again, like I said before, I treated it like basketball. In basketball, you have to do your research on your teams, who you're playing against, what this person do uh, really good at, or it's like, what does this person do really well that I can add to my game, right, to make me uh, better or even be able to compete on the same level. So um, Mike Kump was a huge influencer for me when I first started out. Um, everything just looked smooth. Um, I actually really enjoyed his big axe throw. I used to throw two hands. I used to hold it and throw it just throw it just like him. Um, and actually, my first regional one was in Philly, or yeah, Philly. Um, I came in fourth, and I was like, dude, like 
everyone's complimenting on my big ass. I'm like, dude, I modeled my shit after you. <laughs> like, and that was like, that was like, that was huge for me. I was like, I, I don't usually like, I don't stargaze or nothing like that. Like, I don't get um, overly excited, but it's like, I get a chance to watch this dude in person and see what he does and, and be in action. But at the same time, I also get to compete in the same building and, and compete against all these other great throwers. Um, so that was amazing. Uh, since then, I've watched numerous other throwers, talked to a bunch of different people, um, such as Ziggy, um, Vail Cook, um, who else? Uh, a lot of conversations with Fancy Lad, um, just talking about the the very meticulous movement and things about the throw. I've I've I've, I've recorded some other throwers, like um, from a Waddle standpoint, like a, a Lucas Johnson, um, a. Uh, Oh man, I'm trying to just name off names. Uh, oh my god, sorry, but um, they're ah, good. Just recording them, and I try to incorporate a bunch of different things and aspects of their game and put it in with mine. Um, um so that that's all it is, really. You got to study. You got to be like I tell my my kids that I train in basketball. You got to be studious of the game. Right. Anybody that's up and coming or trying to be up and coming in this sport, you got to be studious, ask questions, talk to people. I will say that unless you don't reach out to me for help, I don't I don't extend my services Um, unless I'm like there with you and I see you struggling. It's different. But like if you want someone to help you with something, reach out. If you want to reach out to me, have a conversation about your throw, dissect it. Um, what do you feel as though you can do better or, or, or what? Like, I'm here for you. Like I'm here for, I want to be here for the community in that aspect as well. Um, Cause it's not just about, it's not about me, even though it's a solo sport. That makes sense. Um, so uh, you mentioned Vale and this is kind of, I guess, jumping in cause I, you know, want to talk about ITC 2023, your match with Vale, right. And the B bracket, IT, the one, you know, the one that decided <laughs> who advanced uh, that was one of the most epic matches I've ever seen. Um, and also, uh, I'm sorry. So you're on the uh, the unfavorable end of it, um, but it was that was an epic yeah. match. And also, uh-huh. like, I, I rewatched it last night as like to prepare for this interview. Just try, uh, but like that clutch that you went for, I think on round number six, that would have sealed it for you. It was one uh-huh. of those ones. I'm like, that looks good from where I'm standing. And then you walk up, you're like, nope. Oh yeah, I don't, I don't um throw away matches too often like that. Um, that kind of, I kind of shot myself in the foot a little bit. Um, even when he dropped that one three and I gave it right back to him, I was like, damn, that was my opportunity because he wasn't hitting his clutches at the time. And I was, and I'm like, man, um, it was a really good match. Uh, before going into that match, I kind of, I was, I was in that piss mode, right? I was super <laughs> hyper-focused because I had just lost a match before to Rander. Um, and no, Rander does not live rent free in my head. It was just, <laughs> he got me that day. Right. So it, <laughs> it, it's, um, but he put me in a good, he put me in that mode where like, okay, those first couple rounds I'm hit 27, 27. And then kind of just like, it's my, my, my focus kind of just slipped away. And what made me slip away was my big ax wasn't there. And I felt like it wasn't there even from day one. And I was trying to like find it in the practice and I just couldn't find it. So that was, that was my struggle in the day two was trying to find my big ax and it just wasn't there. So, so saying that you're like, you know, I didn't feel like my big ax was there on day on Saturday. And so like, was that in your head going in to Sunday? 
I wasn't in my head about it, but I knew that was needed to be my focus. Like find my bullseye. I need to find my bullseye with my big axe. Excuse me. And I couldn't, I couldn't find it for some reason. And I was like, eh, if I don't find it, I'm going to lose this way. Sure enough, I saw I lost to Rander because um, my big axe wasn't there. Um, and then I lost a little bit of focus on my hatchet and the match against Vale. Um, he was a phenomenal thrower. Yeah. When, uh, when I did regionals, uh, cause like I, I didn't have enough leagues in 2022 to have a chance at ITC 2023. So the only chance I had at ITC 2023 was, uh, uh, the regionals and the closest regional to me was Austin. It's like, Oh cool. I'll go throw, uh, I'll go throw regionals with Vale and fancy and Papa bear and all the badass throwers coming from ABQ and people coming from Nashville. Just it's like, uh, this is just going to be for fun for me. I'm just going to go hang out with some friends and throw. And, uh, so, um, also, uh, cause I, I think I, uh, give a shout out to, I think everybody that you faced at ITC. I think, I, I, I think this is probably the most homework that I've done before. Um, let's see. Uh, I think cause you went what six and two at, uh, ITC this year. That sound right. I believe so. Yeah. I went six and two. So it was like a Savannah grindstaff. Aaron Craig, Stormy, Mason French, Papa Bear, Goose, Rander, and Vale. Yes, sir. Um, so uh, shout out to Papa Bear, another awesome person that uh, I, uh, uh yeah, me nervous, man. Him, Goose, like all I get Stormy, like all those players, like are so good. And like, I'm not gonna lie, like I was nervous. Like I seen I seen them in action. I've gone against Stormy. It was, actually it was the first time I've gone against Goose, and it was a hell of a match. Um I actually couldn't believe I actually took it because um, he was beating. He was winning that match. Um, again, I've, it's just it's just that day. And I kind of I feel like I got kind of got lucky against Goose. Um, somewhat had my my big axe throw down a little bit against uh, Papa Bear. But um, again, I lost it in the next match against Rander. Um, but they're all phenomenal throwers. I knew what type of thrower Stormy was before going in. Um, and if I gave her any type of window, she, I knew she would execute. You know what I mean? So, like, shout out to all those throwers that I played against in ITC. Like, you guys are all truly amazing throwers. Now, I, I think, like, uh, you had mentioned with your practice, right? Like, because you, there, you know, people talk about strategy, but there's really no, not much of a strategy other than, like, all right, throw all my bowls, hit all my clutches, and then bowl, big X, same thing, hit my bowls, <clears> hit my <throat> clutches, right? Like, it's not like, it's not different depending on who you're throwing, but, do you, like in your head do you do you look at brackets or like do you know you're like okay like these are the people that are in my bracket or I'm likely to run in or you're like it don't matter like nothing changes depending on you know regardless who i'm throwing against um in past times i used to not look at them um because i didn't really care but uh this year itc's um i decided that you know what i'm a i'm a local I'm going to look. I'm going to see who I'm going against. Even when we did the uh, Ace Open, I was looking to see who I was playing. Um, and I wasn't so much looking at their stats. I didn't really care for their stats. I was just looking at the player. If I knew the player, then I can mentally get myself prepared to like, all right, this is not going to be a slouch. You got to come with your shit um, and just play your best game. Um, otherwise, they're going to beat you. Now, I think I've watched you compete a couple times, like, like in person, and then whatever was on the stream. Um, do you like? Uh, I like for me as a thrower, I just try and 
match like the energy of whoever I'm throwing with. Like if the person I'm throwing against wants to be silly and have fun, then like I'll be silly and have fun. Uh, mm. But if the person that I'm throwing against is like, hey, don't talk to me like I'm trying to focus. So, like I'll try and respect that. You know, I'm not trying to be a jerk. Um, but do you like I guess at your level, have you ever had anybody try and like play like mind games where like if you're in the zone and people are trying to like get you out of the zone? For the most part, I haven't seen a lot of things like that, but like, you know, I haven't competed at a high level. So, <clears throat> um, yeah, I've had a couple people try to like bait me into doing something. Hey, go, let's go for this clutch, even though they're down too, because they're confident in their clutch. If you're confident in your clutch, I'm going to hit this bullseye. Let's see you hit your clutch. So, um, I try not to play those games. Um, I'm usually a head down type of person, not looking in the crowd, trying to fill out what's going there. Um, and just stay steady with my game. Um, I've, I've been trying to play around with like, especially in leagues, um, I'm going to talk a little more or um, try to loosen up, maybe dance with a little bit before I go into my match or something. And those kind of things, like sometimes they work and then sometimes they backfire because my focus mentally is just not there. Um, so I feel like the best thing, the most, I'm most successful with, keeping my head down keeping my blinders on um you want to talk that's fine i'm I'm just going to ignore you um if you want to stall to try to throw me off my game that's fine do that i mean that's not going to really mess with me um i try to really keep myself self-centered and and what the my goal and my task is at hand and that's me trying to win this round or win this match you know just taking one throw at a time that makes sense. I think at the the beginning of the call, you had mentioned that you're like that you're really competitive. Are you competitive even at things that like you've never done before? Like if somebody asked you to play a board game that you had never played before, would you still be like ultra competitive at a first time board game? Um, no. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes uh, it's for me. It's like, like I got to learn it first. Let me learn the game first, and once I learn the game first, then I'm gonna be super competitive. But in the beginning, it's like all right, you, you know what you're doing. I'm just, I'm a watch. I'm gonna sit back and, and take notes. Um, and I kind of have that approach with Waddle. I'm not that great with it yet. Um, and that's just because I don't put the time and effort to practice it, um, with it yet. Like I should. Um, so when I go to these tournaments, it's literally just to have fun and just say, Hey, let's just see what we can do. You know, there's no pressure. I'm not here to actually like, obviously I want to win, right. I want to win the thing, but like, me, my goal is really, I don't want to go 0-2. I don't want to go 1-2. You know, I want to have that positive record, you know. Um, eventually, when I'm able to do more Waddle stuff and do more practice, then I'll have that ITF mindset. You know what I mean? Well, I, uh, I think having the most... Do, do you have the most Premier Clutches? Is 30 the most? Or not, not, not uh, Premier 81, sorry. Not, not Premier Clutches. Yes, I am currently sitting with the most with 30 trying to keep it that way i saw uh, a post the a couple of days ago ziggy hit his 10th one like oh wait he's too close to me he's catching up so like, i need to hit another one and i was like sitting on 29 for a long as i went in like a super drought with throwing premierity ones um because last year i think i ripped off like 20 i was in three leagues three premier leagues getting ready for itc and i was just ripping them off even when i went to the uh the marathon league in um michigan uh michigan um i was i had like four i think and um 
I was just in the, on another level with that. And then this year, I, I've, I've that was like my 10th one this year that I've thrown. So not at the same pace as last year, but I was like, I don't want people to catch up to me. So right. just ahead by 20 is, uh, it's not, it's not a comfortable enough lead. Nah, no, nah, no. Nah. Cause he's good. Like I know once he locks in on them, he start ripping them off. I'm like, damn. And there's some, there's some people that's getting close. I, I want to say like Connexkin is, I know strong Riley is like they're up there you know what I mean so I was like I gotta stay on my game I can't relax you know when um when the premier rules came out right uh right because it was favorable to stick toe for the bull right to minimize mm-hmm. the chance of bleed but then you basically have to stick flat to get the you know to like break both lines on on the box mm-hmm. were you already sticking flat on the clutch or did you have to kind of tweak your throw to like like where you stick in toe and then had to adjust it to stick flat. I had so going from when I played standard, uh, I towed in for bull and was trying to tow in for clutches, um, because I had a lot of dull blades, so I didn't know, really know much too much about like you know fouling, profiling axes and stuff like that. Uh, but when we switched to Premier, I I was throwing a thirteen and a half inch hatchet. So obviously when you do that, you at the the rules before you were able to step on that red line. And like, now that you can't, I was like, I'm over rotating. Um, but I was like, okay, I have to hit flat for my clutches. I might as well just hit flat for my bull. And that's where my, my threes come in every now and then. Cause you, if you go too high or too low, you hitting flat, you might bleed out. Um, so that's another reason why I have to be very precise with my movements and how I set up. Um, but I just like every, keep everything the same across the board. So if I'm hitting flat for my bull, I'm hitting flat for my clutch. That way I don't have to figure out my hand placement or how far I need to pull back for any of that stuff. Everything's just the same. Right. The only thing that's changing is basically the height. Mm-hmm. Just where I point, uh, wherever I'm pointing to. So you, you mentioned the red line, right? The fault line. Um, uh, I have never had an issue touching that red line but i'm also five foot eight and to for me to take a step to come close to that would be like i'd be doing the splits uh <laughs> but like like how because i like watching your match with veil it seems like you're like you're not even like really like taking it's, it almost just looks like you're just taking a normal step like you're just going for a walk um i used to take a very large step almost like i was taking a lunge when i did standard just to get to the red line so i was really nervous when they made the rules of like okay i don't want to step on this red line i'm so close to i'm so used to stepping close very close to it or on it um so i had to actually modify my step um and i and that came with me changing the length of my handle for my hatchet um and then trying to take a shorter step so that way i'm not getting as close um, to the red line because I didn't want to get called for those those flip folks and stuff like that. Um, because some people do watch that line. <laughs> Have you ever been called for one? I've never been called for uh ITF red line footfall. I don't think I've never been called for an ITF foot fault line uh footfall. Um, but I have been called for a waddle one on accident throwing big axe. So <laughs> I uh my first season of waddle, uh, I think I had three uh faults. Not like like. The the throw the axe was already in the board, and then it's like, all right, mm-hmm. cool, stick, stick, all right, approach, uh, mm-hmm. and like the judge didn't call it yet. That's a fault. Like what? Oh, oh yeah, rules are different. Yeah. Um. Yeah. 
cool. Uh, let's see. Um, yeah, one of the things that I, uh, oh, I, uh, I guess another kind of question when this transition from standard to premiere, because uh, standard is like forgiving in a lot more ways, not only in in bleed, but also in I don't know what to call it, but like uh, I guess just like tilt, right? Right, like you know if. Uh, I, I've had a handful of premier clutches that were bad because it wasn't perfectly vertical, right? It was like a slight mm-hmm. angle. And so it's mm-hmm. like the top was in and if it had just been straight up 12 to six, it would have been good, but it was like a 12 to like six thirty, you yeah. know? Uh, and so like the bottom corner was out. And so that's like, Oh, there's a variable that uh, <laughs> I've been neglecting that. Oh, I uh, just got a spotlight shined on it. Yeah. Um, my goal, especially when it comes for the clutches, is my goal is to just split the whole circle in half. It's not even about the box. Like the box gives me a target, but my real goal is just to split the box, the whole thing, and have so that we don't have to worry about the tilt or or blow throughs or anything like that. Because if I split it in half, it's gonna be good. Do you ever do you ever film your practices or film your throw and like di- and like dissect it that way? Uh, no, actually, I don't. Um, so that's funny that you asked me that because I said I, I definitely record other throwers, but I, I've never I've never done that to see what I'm doing wrong um, and what should I what, what I should change because most of the time, especially when I'm practicing by myself, it's just a feeling for me. Um, but if I have other people that's there, if I'm throwing with someone else, if I'm struggling with something, I may have them stand behind me. Hey, what am I doing wrong here? Like, what should I do to? So I, I ask for help as just as well. Okay. With all that. Cool. Um. All right, I think that kind of goes through a lot of the kind of like my just kind of questions about throwing. I think we can start moving into the community questions unless there's anything you want to get to before then. Okay, no, no, I'm ready. All right, let me go ahead and uh, reload the page so I can get all the latest ones. Uh, there we go. Okay, uh, I'm just going to go in order here. All right, uh, first question after reloading the page from Sasha Edwards. Uh, Looks like there might be two here. Um, who did you look up to or have as your mentor when you first started? Who showed you the ropes? <clears throat> um, I used before, um, big time, Tim Stivers. He he introduced me to that that pinch grip, or just or or the pistol that just the flick. He introduced me to the flick, and it took my game from averaging 30, 40 points to immediately seventy plus. Um, because the type of person I am, when I want to be good at something, I, I just go full throttle. I practice a lot, right? Um, so he introduced me to that. Um, and then as far as someone that I had looked up to, again, Michael Comp, like he was winning everything at the time. And I was like, what is he doing right? Right? What is he doing that makes him so good and so great at this game? I want to be just like that. So that was my mentor without actually being a mentor, right? Because... Obviously, him from being Philly and I'm Pittsburgh, I just had to watch. I had to watch videos. Cool. Makes sense. Uh, and then uh, the other comment from Sasha was, uh, also, love you. Can't wait to see you chopped over. Always appreciate your advice and guidance. So, uh, love you, too. Um, but unfortunately, I will not be at chopped over this year. I have some things going on, so I will not be able to go. This is the, the final chopped over, correct? Is that, yes, it if is. I, if I read social media correctly. I, uh, mm-hmm. I will not be at Choptober because I'm going to a music festival because I go to a music festival every Halloween uh, and punk rock has seniority over X in my life. Um, <laughs> Enjoy that, man. I'm 
I'm I'm bummed I never made it to a Choptober and looks like I won't get to, but uh that's all right. Uh, such is life. Um all right, next question. Uh questions uh is from Fran. Fran has three. First one, uh origin story. How did you get the nickname Showtime? Um that's honestly when I used to when I used to throw or used to coach at Lumberjacks, um all my groups used to have such a great time with me. Um I'm always always in the photos. Um, so a coworker of mine, a coworker of mine actually, it's like, yo, man, you always like the group's always asking you to be in, in the photos. You always like put on the show, like a great time. So I was like, you know what? I'm gonna call you Showtime. I like for real. I was like, all right, I like that. I like that. That's gonna be my league name. Cool, cool. So I just I took it and ran with it, you know. So I had I got to make sure I tell everyone, listen, this was not self given, you know. So it was just how I interacted with my groups. Did uh so I I know you you mentioned big time. Did big time already have the big time nickname and then because you all throw yeah, doubles yeah. together, right? Um we did we did at actually was it uh Choptober? We did one time in Choptober. Um uh but my doubles partner for ITC was Bobby Four, um, who we crushed it. Like we do two perfect games. Hell yeah. Doing doubles. So I was like, okay, this might be my my forever uh, partner for duels. So um, doubles. Um, but yeah, he was already big time before I even stepped in the building. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, actually, in, um, it seems like uh, in Pittsburgh, uh, does does anybody pick their own nicknames or is they, are they all kind of self-assigned? Right. For the most part, I really believe that everyone has... Um, had a name given to him there may be some in the mix that have been self-given but i'm not too really sure on that one gotcha okay uh next question from fran uh much like daenerys targaryen do you add a braid every time you win <laughs> uh no i do not i do not <laughs> cool and then uh, last question from fran uh please walk us through your showtime routine before a tournament starts I, th- I guess we kind of kind of already asked that, but I wasn't sure if there's like a specific thing that Fran's talking about that I. No, uh, there's no real specific routine as far as you know, practice like load. It's just load. Sorry, putting in mad practice and before you go, just a fine tune. It's really up for me. It's it's just a tune up for ITF tournaments. Uh, just get finding my rhythm, and then I just go throw. What about uh, not on the throwing side, but more on like the just like the physiological side, like, you know, food, water, sleep. Oh, you, you mentioned you're like, you know, try not to get hammered the night before round two. Uh, do you like at, at league? Will you drink while you throw or no? So, no, I am not a drinker when I throw in leagues or in tournaments. I've tried to experiment with just drinking and throwing and I just don't care when I throw. So when I'm drinking, although I had one of my best tournament runs um and this what was the 65 and under or over 65 over at the urban last year not this past year but last year i came in super hungover because i was not supposed to be in a tournament got a phone call and said hey you want to be in this tournament i was like all right cool yeah i do all right so i flew i flew i was like 15 minutes i flew there um got there and came in second um, hungover shit, drinking ga- ginger <laughs> ale's, trying to stay focused, and and 
I was one of my better uh, tournaments, surprisingly. But um, ITC, no drinking. I do most of my drinking once I am either out of a tournament or I win something. That makes sense. Got, got priorities in the right order. Uh, what about like, um, like just sleep? Like, like, do you have trouble sleeping the night before a tournament? Oh, it depends on how excited I am. <laughs> if I'm very excited, um, it may take me a little bit longer. Um, but if I'm like coming in with a different mindset, like, like I am excited, but I'm like really focused. I really want to win something or win this. Then I try to get to bed at a reasonable time, not super early, but not super late. Yeah, I uh, thirty six years old. I still haven't figured out how to go to bed at a consistent time. It's like some days ten p.m., other days four a.m. Uh, mm. But I also work third shift in college, so man. Um, cool. Uh, let's see here. Next question. Uh, Will Godfrey asks. Oh, wait, wait, I can't already answer this. Uh, what's your practice routine like, and how do you stay so dialed in? Uh, so I feel like you already kind of touched on that, but that reminded mm. me of something um, related to that. If you find yourself getting like if you were in the zone and then you get knocked out of it, right? Like so say you're in the zone, right? You're you're cruising and like and, you know, and like you just ran through your bracket and then mm. you're waiting for another bracket to kind of spit out who you have to face. Actually, a uh, perfect example. Um it, I think in your A bracket at ITC this year, um if you had beat Rander, you would you would have ended up facing uh, I think either Dave or Austin. So it would have been Austin because he Austin won that one. Um, but so okay, if me and Austin we play each other so much, like it would have just been a normal a, a normal match as if we were practicing. And way we throw against each other, it's he can take it or I can take it. So it's was, it was just going to be one of those things. Like if you get it, you get it. If you don't you don't. But um. If I if I how I reason like refocus myself, um, I talk shit to myself. Really? Believe it or not, yeah. It, sometimes it's out loud to myself, or sometimes it's just in my head. I talk shit to myself. Um, call me, <laughs> and usually that gets me that gets me right. Um, so for the most part. What's like um, an example of like the shit you talk to yourself? Oh, uh. <laughs> Like, you know, Showtime, you need to get your shit together. Like, you're throwing, like, a whole-ass bitch. Like, that type of stuff. Like, I, I'm, like, I'm in my head deeply, like, yo, get get your shit together. Stop, stop throwing, like, a freaking, like, a dick. Like, you don't know how to throw. Like, I, I like, let loose on myself. Um, just because, that to me, sometimes I just need that kick in the ass. And it just sometimes it's just for myself. Because I don't like when I have outside sources trying to calm me down or try to motivate me. Um, but sometimes it is appreciated, I will say. Um, like, for instance, Ziggy really helped me in Aces. I lost my first match to big time. Um, so I had some family in to watch me throw for the first time, and I completely shit the bed. I went to the stairwell and cursed myself out. And then, like, once I went down to the B bracket, I just cruised through um, but I had Ziggy was in my corner the whole time. Like, yo, you got this. You're good. You know, like just stay focused, keep doing what you're doing. And I like that. I really appreciate it, you know? Um, but mostly other times I'm like, try to shut out the noise and shut out people. Gotcha. Have, um, have you ever, uh, like 
had like extended because there's I've only had this like maybe I don't know maybe five like at most on two hands uh, where it's just been almost like it felt like I could see the future like I'm not losing this match like it almost was just like a, a decision that I just made mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's just like I'm sorry no again but I can't replicate it it's not like I can't you know it's kind of like, or I can't like get it back when I want to. It's just like, oh, it showed up today. Cool. Up, oh, or it showed up for match number four of the day. Up, oh, but then it's gone by match five. Do you have, do you ever experience that? Um, I had a match where, like I said, even in the Aces, like I had a match where I was down 0-2 in a best of five, um, going against the Hog actually. And funny, funny thing is, like he has like, I can't remember if he has now, but like never beat me in a tournament setting um and at aces he was up 2-0 i'm like all right it's now or never and like i gotta start hitting so i turned it on i actually ended up throwing a reverse uh 81 against him to win that um but that's something like you don't always get into that type of focus or that type of mode sometimes some sometimes it's just like it just clicks you know, you don't know how it does or how it happens, but sometimes it just clicks and you're just like, boom, boom, boom. Everything just rattles off. Um, and those are a great fit. Like those matches right there, like, man, I can't believe I just did that. Um, but it feels really good. Yeah. The, uh, th- this is a, a silly example, um, but I, I bring it up. Uh, it's not axe throwing related. Although it kind of reminds me of Urban Austin. So at Urban Austin, uh, people used to play do a skee-ball league, I think, on Tuesdays. Because it's like Monday was practice day, Tuesday was skee-ball, Wednesday was league. And here in Oklahoma City, there's an arcade bar that does a skee-ball tournament once a month. And I've done it, and I've won it a couple times, and it's fun. Uh, but the one day I was like, all right, I need to hit a 100, right? And it's like, oh, oh you need to hit a kill shot. You need to clutch. for Like, okay, cool. I've done that before. Because like, I've mm-hmm. never hit a 100 in skee-ball to win a match. And it's like, got to walk off. Like, like, I can't believe I just did that. And have have you ever had like a feeling of like where almost like an out of body experience where it felt like you were watching yourself throw? Um, when I when I black out a little bit, that the the hawk the hawk match was a blackout moment. Um, it was like what just happened kind of thing. Um, I've had a I have had that happen a few times, even in a league match. Um, Bobby Ford it took me to that point. I was down three zero in a championship ma- in the final match, and I threw four twenty sevens to the week to beat him. You know, um, a one zero. So, <laughs> uh, like, yeah, those those out of body experiences kind of happen, but that more, more they they're more of like a blackout thing. It's like I'm just I'm pissed. I just got to st- stay laser focused, then. so cool. <laughs> All right. Uh, oh, uh, next question. Uh, you already answered, but I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna read anyway. Uh, Rander asks, "How does it feel that Rander lives in your head rent free? Man's got a whole mansion and a ranch up there." <laughs> uh, well, buddy, I kicked you out of that mansion and that ranch. <laughs> all right, you do not live up here rent free. Okay, <laughs> so the next match, <laughs> you better believe I'm going to beat you. Was uh had had you ever played Rander in a tournament before uh, ITC 2023? <sighs> Um, that was actually our first IETF match. We've we had uh, before that we played uh, against each other in uh, Waddle once one time. Um, he got me in that. Like I'm not, I wasn't great. I'm not great at Waddle. Um, but um, 
we played that was the first time in the ITC that we played this year. And then he came down for uh, Austin's Marathon League Daddy Daycare. Um, and we played in the finals. He got me again, but <laughs> <laughs> it'll be the last it'll be the last time for sure. Cool. Uh, all right. Uh, next question is from Brennan uh, Burke. Uh, who was your favorite coworker at Lumberjacks? Mm, I wish I could say it was you, my guy. I wish I could say it was you, but I'm not going to say who. Okay. Uh, also, Brennan said, uh, I still have the $2 bill you signed after Brennan's groups beat your groups back to back. We had some we had some good battles, man. We had some good battles. I may have given him a little more uh, better players, so we even it out. But wait, wait. So were you like, were you having some like head coach, like competing as coaches? So what we'll do is like we have split groups. Um, at the end, we'll have our tournaments, and then we'll do champion versus champion. So his champion on his side, um, and my champion on my side. They're all the same group, but they will they will compete against each other. And what we'll do is we'll it was called a fuck you dollar. Um, so we'll take a dollar, and whoever loses has to write f u on it and sign your name. And what you do is every time you have a split group with another coach, you bring out that dollar, and if you win, you get them to sign it, or if you lose, you sign it and pass that dollar on. Um, so that's that was a fun thing that we used to do when we used to coach all together. Okay, okay. I, um. I haven't thought about this in a bit, but something you had said made me think of it. Uh, I think maybe it was Josh Russo that had suggested like uh, like having a, a coach for the throwers, like in a tournament, right? Um, mm. And something you're saying, and maybe it's just thinking about basketball, but like, uh, have you ever thought about like either like having a coach while you're throwing, like in a match, or like being able to call like a timeout, like almost trying like ice somebody, like if they're heating, you know, if they're on fire. You mean like if we're uh, if we're as throwers competing or or with our we're doing our groups? No, no, like as a uh, as a competitor. So like like uh, you know, imagine like you're uh, like you know, if you're down o two and you're like, all right, if I lose this next one, I'm out. Like, all right, let's call mm-hmm. timeout. Let me talk to my coach. What am I doing? Uh, I mean, I think that would be a crazy aspect to the game. It'd be different. Um. But I think a lot of players find different ways to ice players as it is now. So, like, I feel like you really don't need a timeout because a timeout could be a science. You know, can we get that science? Even if you don't really need it, but you need that break. So you just call for science anyway. Hey, this is kind of close. Can you come up and watch it? So that's kind of icing in a way as well. You know, someone's on fire. I feel like I I know I've done this. I feel like maybe I saw you do this on the stream, but where you're like, it's good. Keep going. Don't stop. Like, you're like. I'm not worried about that three. Like, let's get to clutches. Yeah, a lot of times, a lot of times, like, I really don't care. Um, if you say it's good, I trust you. And if it's not good, if it wasn't good, then, you know, there's a thing called instant karma, true karma. Um, and you may hit, you may not hit your clutch, but I know that for Premier, like, 40 something percent of the time, I'm going to hit that clutch. If it was standard, 90 over 90 plus percent, 90% of that time, I was going to hit that clutch. So like, I really wasn't worried about what the other person does. And I think that's another thing with my mindset is when I throw is like, I'm not competing with the other person. I'm competing with myself. Um, so I don't really care what the other person does. What would, uh, what would the ax throwing equivalent of rim don't lie be? Say that one more time. I said, what would the ax throwing equivalent of rim don't lie? Is it, oh, that's like a basketball like, phrase, right? Like, is yeah. that a rim don't lie? 
the the ball don't lie. The ball, ball, don't, ball lie. don't lie. I'm sorry. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been betraying. Look, I'm showing my basketball uh, <laughs> like novice. No, that was actually pretty close. Uh, so, I mean, I got the reference. So, uh, I mean, pretty much you can say the clutch don't lie or the axe don't lie. You know what I mean? Kind of thing where like if you, you didn't hit a ball and you missed, you hit through a three, that clutch ain't going to lie, man. You're going to, you're probably going to miss that clutch. You know, if you're, if you're that, if you're, if you want to keep it tied with someone else, you know, and you're not great at clutches, I mean, let's go to clutch. I'm, I'm more confident in my clutch game than probably the next person, depending on who I'm going against. Cool. All right. Uh, all right. Uh, next, uh, next couple questions, uh, come from Cam Ziggy. Uh, also shout out to Cam. I'm actually interviewing him tomorrow. He's been, uh, uh, I'm not good at like scheduling or following up or it's, you know, it's kind of like, I don't have like a, a dedicated system. So I apologize to anybody that, uh, I, I'm not trying to lead anybody on about interviews. It's more just, uh, when stars align, uh, cam asks, um, why is your side of Pittsburgh all after streaming providers? I don't get that question. Um, I'm the wrong Pittsburgh Per, uh, person to ask that question because I, oh, I think your, your audio cut up. I said you're wrong person. I like, do you even know what he's talking about? Like, is it just streaming providers? It's not like, like internet, like you, like, like, Hulu? I, I have no, I have, right. I have uh, no idea. Well, maybe, <laughs> uh, maybe I can ask him for clarification when I interview him uh, tomorrow. Uh, next question from Cam What made you want to switch axes to eventually settle on the plum? I just the way it hit the board, it just felt nicer. I feel like to me, I, I was able to bury my axes more. Um, and it was like one of those like love at first sight things, like love at first throw kind of thing. Like I threw my clutch when I first got that the hatchet and I buried it right down the middle. I was like, I want this axe. So I went and got it. Right. And I was like, I, well, I got to have the matching set. So I got the the plum i already had actually i had already had the the plum big axe but I, the way it was handled before i didn't really like it so i got it rehandled to the point to the specs that i wanted and now it throws so much better and specific specifically for me um so i just love the way they feel cool makes sense uh let's hear uh next question you kind of answer this right uh what who do you credit to get so consistent and good uh, i think you already said a uh, comp somebody that you kind of modeled your game after and uh, um, big time showed you the the pinch. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I can add a little bit more to that answer because I can honestly I can credit all all the phenomenal actors out here because I did my research. I took the time to look at everyone's throw uh, and critique it myself, and then apply it. Right, I go and I go practice. I'm gonna say, all right, let's try this out. Let's see if this works better for me. If not, and then if not, I can maybe I can combine two different things, two different aspects from two different throwers and see if it works for me. So um, much respect to all the great throwers out there because without you guys, I wouldn't be the thrower that I am today. Cool. Then uh, uh, last question from Cam. Uh, are the rumors true? Do your thumbs have more muscles than the rest of your body? <laughs> uh, they do stick out a lot further than all my other knuckles. Um, but I like to say they like to help when I play basketball, man. They they were like my gloves, my mittens. Like they help me palm the ball or get steals, man. So uh, I'm not ashamed of my thumbs. They help me. Maybe they help me grip my axe a little bit better than other people. But I ain't, I'm not mad about them. Yeah, I uh, I have no idea. I when you say palm a basketball, it's like 
Nope. Can't do that. Not even close. <laughs> uh, uh, all right. Next question. Josh Russo asks, does Valkyrian losing to the Renegades have anything to do with losing you two? You know, ever so slightly. I was a little bitter. I didn't get drafted by you guys. But at the same time, you know, life happens. It is what it is. It was a great match. I wish I was able to see it because I missed it. I was so far away. But um, um, I wish I could have been a part of it. There was a, another question in here, I think, about Melee. This uh, from uh, Sebastian Arnold. Uh, Sebastian asks, how is it that you can drive two and a half hours to play one game of Melee and throw almost perfect with no prep? Huh. Oh, my mindset was I can't go up here two and a half hours and not throw and or go two and a half hours up here and throw like fucking shit and lose the game for you guys. So I had to play like that. I had no choice. What's the what's the story of that? So did you literally just drive two and a half hours to only do melee? Oh, so Sunday was melee after after the um, hatchet and hatchet uh, finals. Mm-hmm. And I thought because like I was told it was at 2 p.m. So I had more time to wake up, eat breakfast and then get on the road and go. But then I received a text message at like 1030 or something from uh, Mark Tisco. And he's like, hey, man, we're, I think they're going to start early. You might want to start getting up here. Like, it's like, oh, man. So like I'm like scrambling around. So you're um, in Pittsburgh. Yeah, I'm in Pittsburgh. So I didn't want to I didn't want to pay for hotels. Like I'm gonna just commute it. I'm gonna just drive back and forth. Like it's it's no big deal. Um and uh so I I get up there, um, I'm doing this two and a half hour drive. Um I get up there and I don't know, I just I waited till they said it was my turn. I just went up there and just I just threw. I had my practice throws and just went with it. Um now, but that, I'm, that was it. That was at Throw Ohio last weekend, correct? That was at Throw Ohio, yeah. Or two, two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and honestly, like, I'm more confident with my big axe sometimes than my hatchet, which is, can be a scary thing. Did you do all the disciplines at Throw Ohio? I guess, what did you do at Throw Ohio? Um, no, I just did hatchet and, and melee because I normally would do big axe and hatchet. But uh, I had to work that day, so I wouldn't have been able to make it for the big axe on Friday. Gotcha. So you woke up in Pittsburgh on Sunday got a text being like we're starting early so you had to rush to get out the door mm-hmm. flew to the two and a half hour drive from pittsburgh to cleveland medina uh and mm-hmm. then through and then drove back yeah hung out for a little bit i came out there uh with my lovely girlfriend uh um jordan and um we hung out for a little bit and then went back so uh it was it was good to be able to put on a show like that um, just because I'm like, all right, well, you know, my name is Showtime. So let's let's put on a show real quick. And I think that's like a Showtime-esque uh, thing that happened. So, OK, cool. Do you feel like uh, so because you said like somebody gave you the name Showtime. Do you feel like uh, it's almost like a persona or like a <laughs> like uh, oh, for lack of a better term, like a character? I would say so, actually. Um, I am. People are going to probably disagree with me, but I am like the biggest introverted person, um, especially when I don't know people. Um, but once I'm comfortable around you and I get to know you, like then I'm like the biggest extrovert. And I think when I'm comfortable in my surroundings and around the people that I'm with, I think that Showtime persona comes out, um, which I'm happy to bring out. Cool. 
All right. Uh, let's see here. Uh, next question. Oh, uh, Vale asks, ask him if I can crash at his place again next year for ASACs. Like, really put him on the spot. Yeah, no, nah, I don't know about that one, Vale. Um, I mean, you <laughs> stayed at my place and then you came in second or, or won the whole thing. Um, that's, nah, he's a good yeah. dude. I, 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 he can stay here anytime. Him and everyone else that comes and reach out. You know what I mean? Like it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna knock you out of ITC and then ask to crash on your car. <laughs> I know, right? How how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh okay, uh next question. Uh Dave asks, who do you look up to in the X Thorn community and why is it Connexicans? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Um me and him had one of the biggest rivals when we first started, actually. Um he's just as, as very bit, if not more as competitive as me in this in this game and um he would tell you um for the for about seven eight seasons especially in standard i i owned him um and then after i'm gonna say right before COVID, he got me um and then he went on and did some great things in itc coming in third um his first year um but again like now it's it like again with with even with austin like it's 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 it goes either way right um either way but now, I couldn't tell you Ralph Rip like if I would just like beat him right like just like that because it's not like that anymore. Like, um, yeah, I, we had some epic battles where we're hitting seven, eight clutches in a row, big X clutches, um, um, trying to win these 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 league matches. You know what I mean? So it was like we had some great battles, and we continue to still have some great battles. So he's a great motivator as well. If uh, if somebody had like. If a time traveler had gone back to like, you know, Pittsburgh 2019 and just like told you like, hey, in a couple of years, y'all are going to be like <laughs> one out of eight people at ITC 2023. We've been like, yeah, I believe that. I can see that. Already been like, no way. Nah, nah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have believed it. Um, but I do feel like our Pittsburgh community, um, Axtars are getting so much better and we are, I feel like we are, I got definite force to reckon with. Um, uh, we were trying to step up on that, that Philly, cause Philly, Philly, New Jersey, they, they've had that platform for the longest as like, a, like one of the best cities, you know, as throwers, you know, and I feel like we're coming up in that game and we're trying to make that name for ourselves too. So it was actually really great seeing, uh, connect Austin and I, um, make it, to the final like top five you know and have someone else compete for that that championship again from pittsburgh so it was great it was great to see that's awesome yeah uh that's why i've never like thought about this term in an actual context but it's almost like uh it's almost like there's like kind of like a, a dynasty eras it's like okay like you know like uh like the canadians had it first right mm-hmm. and then i feel like philly had it and now i feel like like pittsburgh has it we're like I said, we're trying. We're trying to come up, and there's other places too. Michigan, they're all yes, Stormy backing everybody up. You know what I mean? And like, it's getting it's getting fierce out there. It's getting very competitive, and I love it. You know, I'm trying to like, as far as from a st- statistical standpoint, as with my, my premier eighty ones and things like that, I'm trying to keep everyone off my heels. You know, um, but it's 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 great to see like everyone's involving and getting better, um, which makes everything a lot harder to win. Is there um are there are there any throwers that you like like obviously outside of like the normal people who throw out in Pittsburgh but just you know from around 
the continent that you're like, oh, oh, they're going like, oh, I hope I get to throw against this person or the opposite. You're like, I've played them enough. Like, I don't I don't need to play them no more. Um, I won't throw out any specific names, but I get excited to throw against every new thrower that I come across, you know, um, whether it's from the UK, any, um, Canada that I haven't thrown against. Like I said before, like this year is the first time I threw against Rander. Uh, so I was really excited about it. Um, first time I threw against Goose, like, um, I don't, I just want, I don't know. I just like, I get excited about throwing against everybody. Um, I don't take anyone lightly. Um, cause if I go in there too overconfident, then that's when I fuck up and that person's going to get me. And I just made someone else's day cause I was too cocky. Or that's gotta be, that's gotta be like a, a hard kind of balancing act, right? Cause like, uh, for me, uh, I don't know what the, the too much confidence problem is like, right? I don't have that problem. Yeah. Um, but for you, you're like, oh, I have the most premier 81s. You're like, all right. Like, so I, I could e- easily see how you're like, oh, you're like, not, I'm not, not worried. You know, and then you're like, oh, maybe I, sh- maybe I should have been a little more worried. No, it's because it's not even about that. Like, like that's from a league standpoint. You know what I mean? Like, that makes me a great league thrower. But um, from a tournament standpoint, like, I, honestly truly haven't won like a, a real major yet you know what i mean like i've come close a couple times but i haven't really won one yet and that's my that's so that's what keeps me hungry and keeps me um wanting to do this work because i want to win some majors you know what i mean um so to me i feel like i have nothing to be cocky about um if anything i should still keep my head down and be humble about all the other stuff you know because there's people who won majors that i haven't now i uh I know from like um, like MMA. I, I did MMA when I was in college. Uh, never won any like tournaments or anything like that. I like I like competed for a regional thing. But anyway, uh, it's like you know, it's like you're not really the champ until you defend the belt, kind of thing. I mm-hmm. assume that's like the next. Like you're like, all right, cool. Like step one, win a major. And then step two, like all right, do it again. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. defend it. Or, right. Um. I, I'm only speculating. Mm. No, the cool. biggest target right now is ITCs, man. I gotta, I gotta get that under my belt. I really want that. There's other things that I want to win too, like the Urban Open. I want to win that as well. I want that green jacket. But my biggest, the biggest one, really for me, is I want that ITC title. Uh, was it, was it at the Open with the green jacket? Like the they lifted, they lifted Cam up. Yeah. Do like as a because I. I got lifted up after a maybe a marathon league win or something. Just by it's like, do you want to get lifted up? I'm like, oh, I mean, oh, okay. Like, <laughs> I'll take it, but it's it's maybe a little much. Uh, but like, I'm again, I'm not a big person, so you're like, did you're like, all right, lift because because you are a, not a small person, you are a big person. <laughs> like, uh, like, like <laughs> if somebody tried to lift you up, would you be like, hang it, don't don't hurt yourself? Uh, it depends on who we're trying to. I mean, <laughs> uh, it depends. Like, it depends. If you can do it, hey, more power to you. But if not, like, hey, let's just keep it. Let's keep it to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, I thought you were going to that tournament. I got injured. How? Somebody dropped me. <laughs> All right. Uh, so next question. Uh, Steve Melvi asks, wasn't professional ball more fun than axe throwing? Dude, that was a dream. It was a dream. I got to wake up, eat, sleep, basketball, workout. You know, teach some clinics, um, sign autographs, kids' shoes, whatever, back book bags, 
all that stuff. Like that was a dream. It was so much fun. Um, but like anything else, reality hits, you got to start doing other things and life moves forward. You know what I mean? Yeah. Was it, was it like the first time you got like a paycheck from being a professional athlete? You're like, Oh, like I'm going to, I got to go pay my bills. I'll use, I'll use my basketball money. Um, so with the, with the basketball thing, um, it was semi-professionally, right? So it wasn't like true, like full on professional. It was semi-professional. So I got free living, free everything. So that part was great. Um, which is another reason why I actually had decided, like, all right, I'm not overseas playing. So let's just go back home and start working. Cause that was my mindset. Well, uh, I mean, I think it sounds badass. Like really semi-pro pro. Like if you're telling me that you're like, you, I mean, like if your job, your job was to play basketball, that's mm. badass. Well, it's a better, better than any job than the best job I've ever had. Well, this is great what you're doing here. Like you give us a platform to speak and, and share our knowledge and things like that. So I appreciate you for even allowing me to, to be on, on your podcast. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, I do not consider this a job. This is a, this is a labor of love. If anything, uh, I might lose uh, like $10 a month doing this, but that's okay because I don't mind. Uh, if anything, the moment it becomes a job, uh, then I don't want to do it anymore. So he's like, you got to monetize it. It's like, no, I don't. Cause then if I, if I, if I do it for money and then I don't make money doing it, then I'm going to be upset. But now if I just do it cause I want to, it's like, it's like legitimately it's like, Oh, like I want to get to know these people. Like these people like ax throwing. I like ax throwing. Oh, other people might want to listen to this conversation. I can click record. Yeah. So, well, I appreciate it. Uh, oh, uh, next question. Kevin, I uh, apologize for not getting the last name. Kevin Pomey uh, asks, uh, ask him for like 350. I assume that's an inside joke or a South Park reference. Um. <laughs> All right. Sorry. Sorry, Kevin. I, I, I read it. Uh, Next question uh, is from, uh, and also I apologize uh, on the name pronunciation. Uh, is it Adeline? Adeline, HBO. HBO. Uh, I've never met Adeline, but uh, I recognize the name. Uh, Adeline asks, how do you feel that you got knocked out of A, then B by Queen HBO, and she won't ever let you live it down? I would feel really, really um, good or bad about it if you had actually won the, the league, but you folded, so... It is what it is. So, so she took you out, but then she didn't finish the job. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, uh, I've. I feel like I've done that before, where I was like, I've never beat this person in league, and like my only like is just beat this person in playoffs, and it's like I beat them not in finals, but in like the semis, and I go to finals, mm. and then I shit the bed in finals. Like, well, I messed up. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, let's see here. Oh, I think a little more than halfway done with the community questions. Next question. Uh, Brandon Hartland asks, how did you get to be so bad at fantasy football? <laughs> we can talk about the next question. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Justin Trafalski asks, how did you get started with axe throwing? So you talked about that. Was, uh, you got started by the, as a coach. Um, mm -hmm. and who got you into competitive axe throwing? Was it like... I think you kind of touched on this, but maybe like, um, like how long were you working at Ace before you got to do your first league? Or was it Ace or Lumberjack? Sorry, Lumberjack. It was Lumberjack. So I was working there I, I for a couple months before they allowed us to actually do a league. Um, but honestly, it was just like 
I did my first. We did like a, a little mini tournament at one of our locations here in Pittsburgh. And I came in third and it just made me hungry. I was like, all right. Let's see what I can really do out here. And did my first tournament, which was Choptober. After regionals, after regionals, I did my first tournament in Choptober, and it just took off from there. Cool. That makes sense. Uh, let's see here. Next question, uh, Tyler. I don't know how to pronounce it. Uh, Sidon? I hope. Sorry, Tyler. Uh, Tyler asks, do you think you'd be at the level you are at if you weren't surrounded by other top-tier throwers all the time? Um, no, but to be honest with you, I was like at the very, like in in Pittsburgh, I was at the, the very top. I didn't feel like anyone was on my level. Um, connects can always gave me like a hard time. Um, but like now everyone, I feel like everyone's catching up to me. Um, and there's a lot of matches with a lot of various uh, players here in Pittsburgh that can go either way now. So it's like to, to answer your question. Um, no, I don't think I would be as good as I am now without the top level talent that we have here. Yeah. I I feel like that's like just a a common thing across other sports, right? You know, it's like, yeah, like, (laughs) All right, and we are back. Sorry for the technical difficulties. Uh, so, all right, last question, uh, Tyler. Is, okay, so yeah, you were talking about um, just you know, like throwing with the number of monsters you all throw with just ma- is making everybody better. Uh-huh. <laughs> Where you know your weekly league is basically the top five from IETC. Yeah, and, and there's and there's more that haven't there's more in Pittsburgh that haven't done tournaments yet that I feel like they should. <laughs> Um, like a Brandon that just asked a fantasy football question. Um, there's some others as well. I feel like are getting really good that they should make a make a splash in the scene. I wish uh, I wish it was like, you know, tournaments were more accessible for people because I've I've seen that not just in Axering, but like in other like when I did martial arts, I knew people that beat my ass in the gym, but they you know, either couldn't or just didn't do tournaments, you know, often for like, Oh, I can't get off work or I don't want to spend money. I don't want to spend a hundred dollars on a tournament or I don't want, you know, mm-hmm. I don't want to have to get a hotel. That kind of, And so it's like, it's a bummer. Cause I'm like, man, like, you know, if you do <laughs> what you do in the gym, if you do half what you do at the gym at a tournament, like you're going <laughs> to, you're going to get some gold. Yeah. So, uh, cool. Next question is from Rob die. Rob asks, when are you going to retire from throwing? Just asking for some friends. <laughs> um, to be honest with you, I actually had contemplated that several times um, doing it because I was getting frustrated with like not winning a major um, and just like allowing it, it just like consume me with the, with the the fact that I wanted to win so much or all the time um, that I felt like I needed a break. And honestly, I just think I needed a break from it, not retire. So I, to answer your question, Rob, I'm not retiring anytime soon, my guy. Gotcha. So it sounds like you're just like starting to get burnt out. Yeah. I can see that. I've uh, I've definitely been there. Um all right, next question. Uh Austin asks, Why are you so ass at axe throwing? PS, love you, brother. That's my guy, man. We really um became like really good friends in the last like year or so. Um and we're always talking shit on each other. And the funny thing is we're like to the same type of players where like you talk shit to us we all right cool we're gonna show you up you know what i mean kind of thing um but having that is like is great because like we just continue to motivate and push each other 
to do so much. But like, I'm trying to, he's played for a, a championship. What was it? One, he he Chase played for one one time and then what Dave played for the other is like I'm trying to get on that level. So it's like I have a lot of people that I'm trying to like I'm trying to get on that level. You know, I, I gotta get to that stage too. I I'm a, I'm gonna say that you're at that level. Yeah, I mean like you were uh like what, like one match away from A finals? I think I was yeah, one or two. Yeah, I, th- I think if you beat Rander, uh, Rander, then you would have, uh, I think, gone to A finals, right? Yeah, I, I don't uh, know. yeah, actually, you're right. Yeah. Um. All right. Uh. Next question. Uh. Oh, Justin Vicari asks. Uh, I think you already addressed this. What's with the thumb? <laughs> so <laughs> I think you already addressed that. Yeah. Um. Matt Brown asks, "What's easier, throwing axes or free throws under pressure?" Oof. I'm gonna have to say. Free throws are way easier under pressure for me. Um, but there's just, I get way more enjoyment of the pressure um, with axe throwing. Okay. Now, um, do you, like, can you hear the noise in the environment when you're throwing? Or more specifically, like, under pressure, right? Because, like, uh, I know, like, in, in basketball, like, all right, you know, this person's going to go, if they make these free throws, it basically ices the game. And so then crowds going nuts, holding up signs, yelling. Uh, whereas in axe throwing, like I think psych outs aren't really as much of a thing. Um, oh, I'm sorry. I kind of face out on that. Can you re-ask that question for me? Uh, yeah. yeah so, um, I guess when, like when you're competing under pressure, like, mm. can you hear like, do you tune out like all of like the the noise and everything else? Yeah. So any, when I'm throwing, I yeah, I tune everything. I sound everything out. Um, I don't know how I do it, but I just I get into that mode where it's like I I just that's why that's why I keep my head down because I don't want no unnecessary distractions or listen to like listening to people. So I, I keep my head down so that way I I. I take all the distractions and sounds out of the equation. So it's just me throwing. I had something weird happen recently where I was like, I was like trying to, like I was experimenting with doing like more conscious breathing. Um, but it's, it wasn't like automatic, but through the act, like doing like one of those iterations, I started hearing people talking behind me that I'd never, like I'd never heard that before. But I think when I was just mm-hmm. almost like speed throwing, Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I don't have time to to listen. But then I would like stop to take a conscious breath. Mm-hmm. I wasn't trying to listen, but then I start. I was like, oh, now I can hear stuff that I uh, like. I never heard. I never recognized these voices before, but now I'm recognizing voices. Yeah, I um, I've I've had there was there was I have had an instance where like I can tune out everything and hear only one person and hear like a specific thing and that kind of irritates me <laughs> that irritates me <laughs> but it only happened one time so it doesn't happen often gotcha cool uh next question uh it's uh, dmac it's a dmac question why showtime why not hbo stars cinemax or playboy tv sir you know darn well i did not come <laughs> with that name so <laughs> i like showtime i'm gonna stick with that you know, there's, I'm not changing it no time soon. Cool. Uh, next question. Uh, Kristen asks, how many ax children do you have? <laughs> oh, man. 
you know, City of Pittsburgh, you guys are all my children in Action. But I only have two. Adeline HBO and Bobby Four. Uh calling my daughter and my son. They uh Adeline loves to call me Papa Showtime. Cool. Uh I got two more questions from Kristen. Kristen asks, what is your favorite win? My favorite win? Mm-hmm. Oof. Um As of right now, I, I can't like pinpoint which one was my favorite one. Um, I enjoy them all equally, to be honest. Um, I think once what? I get that major under my belt, will be my favorite win, to be honest. What about your uh, like your first like league championship win? Do you do you remember that? Oh, um. Yeah, kind of. Um, it was against this. What was his name? It was his name was Eric? It was the kid? This is a guy that I think if he would have stuck with the sport, would have been very, very good. Um, but I got distracted with some other things. Um, um, but our matches, our match was really good. Um, as far as like hitting our twenty sevens and and going to big X, where I got him was my consistency with my big X, just for going full bull. Um, funny stories. Um. When I first started, when we first started as a group for Axtron, like our leagues, we never went for clutch. We always, we just bowled out because um, none of us actually like practiced it mm-hmm. or really actually good at it. So it was like um, our second season, I think we started going for it a little bit more. Um, uh, but yeah, we, we never, we never went for the clutches with our big axes. It was kind of interesting. Yeah. I, I think, uh, I think my first, first two seasons were like that where it's like i'm only going clutch if it's safe right like mm-hmm. or, or if it's safe or if it's like if i need to if it's like a hail mary right, right. um and then i think by season three it's like no league 100 percent clutch like screw my average go on i, I want to get better at these clutches because that's what i need in the playoffs right all right and then uh last question for kristen are you coming to the circus marathon what is the circus marathon i do not know <laughs> so I don't know what that is. Cool. But that, that actually does kind of uh, flow into one of... Uh, so that, that's the end of the, the community questions. Uh, what do you got coming up? What's uh, what's uh, on the future agenda? Um, That's a great question. As, as of right now, I don't know. I had plans to go to Choptober, um, but that was, those plans kind of got canceled a little bit. So uh, <laughs> I think... Um, I guess I'm just doing my leagues, you know, fine tuning things up, uh, and then probably get ready for the the next major. I don't think it's probably until the Ace Open or um, regionals. So I'm relaxing. I might try to find. Oh, you know, my next event actually is the the World Melee Series in December in um, Dublin, Ohio. Oh yeah, that uh, was that Throw Nation. Mm-hmm. So I'll be getting ready for that, actually. Cool. Okay. All right. Uh, and then uh, I guess, do you have any like uh, any sponsors, plugs, shout outs, anything like that? Um, I have no sponsors. I wish I had some sponsors, man. This is an expensive sport. I'm telling you. It <laughs> sure is. Um, but again, I think I, I think I, I, I said all my shout outs, you know, earlier, 
Um, but yeah, I mean, I'll gladly say it again. Shout out to you uh, for allowing me being on your podcast. Um, and then again, shout out to this amazing community. Like, I love you guys all. Um, without you guys, there would be no Showtime or uh, a platform to even showcase my skills um, within this sport. So I appreciate all you guys for making me the type of thrower that I am today. Cool. And then uh, I guess I'll just kind of shout out just the people that you mentioned. Uh, a lot of the people that you mentioned, I've previously interviewed. And it, one of the things that I've wanted to try and be better about is like, oh, when somebody talks about somebody, it's like, oh, like you mentioned Austin Augusti. Uh, like that was, I think I interviewed him for episode 36 or, you know, Connexican, thir- episode 34. Uh, Fancy Lad was, uh, I think, my 29th episode, or DMAC was 27. Comp was 25. Uh, sorry. I'm just trying. Uh, there's some other one. Uh, I think Rander was 10, maybe. I'm just trying to go. Up so shout, shout out to all those people. Uh, Tishko, 19. Vail Cook, episode 17. Oh, yeah, big time. Uh, I, shout out to, I, I played big time at my first IATC, my first opponent. So oh. that's a, nice. that a cool match. Um, but yeah, so uh, shout out to all those people. And uh, hopefully, I, like, I still haven't got a chance to come throw in Pittsburgh, and I want to come, uh, you know, I'm going to come throw out all y'all's venues and get a chance to, like, you know, throw with y'all outside of a tournament. So, uh, yeah, it'll be a good time. Cool. Well, uh, Brandon, I appreciate it. It's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure, man. Thanks a lot, Bill. Cool. Thanks, man. Adios. All right. Later.